And we're back. Welcome to No Direction Beyond, your Starfinders news, reviews, and interviews podcast. I'm Alexander Agunis, No Direction's Everyman Gamer, and I'm joined by always by the most intrepid Starfinder this side of, what is it called? It's called Desna's something now. It has a name. The galaxy has a name, and it's really cool. And it's Desna's something, but it's James. Hi, I used to write Code Switch. Hi. So I see Lava Bean in chat is looking forward to this episode, and I can't blame them. Uh, we're awesome. But the real reason people are looking forward to this is because Paizo has made a grave mistake. Isn't that right, James? Yeah, the very naive mistake of just letting us into the guts of two classes uh, coming from the Starfinder Enhanced book that will be out in a little bit. They were like, hey, you guys are going to take our classes and you're going to promote them, right? I mean, you're, you're going to promote them, right? I mean, anything's promotion, right? <laughs> Yeah. Isn't it isn't at the end of the day, isn't all press good press, positive press, helpful press? I don't know. That's actually a lie. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the year two thousand and three. I've lived through the past eight years. I know that's a lie. Um but yeah, so yeah, Desna's Path, someone is correcting me in chat. That is the name of the galaxy. But uh the name of this book is Starfinder Enhanced, and we've got the Enhanced Envoy and the Enhanced Solarian. And that is what we're going to be digging into today. Uh, very exciting. I believe this book comes out, I want to say the 13th of October. Does that sound right? Uh, that up. Yeah, I probably should have like hard, like put that into our like outline before going yeah, on. Yeah, you absolutely should have. Uh, we're just like, oh, October 18th. Okay, yeah, I just looked it up real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we're just like so excited that we were like, oh, they asked us to review a thing in advance. And we were just like, <laughs> yes, give me. Uh, and this is also really good because, like, the Envoy and the Solarian are two of James and Mai's favorite classes. So, like, we're like, yes. Yeah. James, why don't you tell chat a bit about your history with the Envoy and or the Solarian? Uh, my history with Solarian is mostly just watching your um, Skittermander Solarian just, like, grapple things. <laughs> Taxidermy is the best. Because, <laughs> uh, man, the game just, just does not intend for that to, like, exist at a point. Like, scenarios, at least. So funny. Because everyone, and I was even a weapon Solarian, so, like, I'd have the solar flare and I had my weapon, and I'd hit people with those. But then sometimes you run into a problem that's just better hogtied and wrestled. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things don't like being grappled, especially in a game which has to focus on range. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, and I know you have a lot of history with the, the Envoy class. Yeah, I think I got an Envoy. I think she ended up level 17 off Society. Uh, there was, like, one high-level scenario I ever got to play her in. Uh, everyone, they didn't everyone exist. Everyone preached Hatsune Miku. <laughs> it was, like, Mitsuku Hane. It was, it was some yeah, anagram Mitsuku of that. Hane. Yeah. It was amazing. It was also entirely uh, a pacifist. So I fired exactly one bullet ever, and it was at a devil? Wasn't it at, like, a remote control? No, it was it was and, at like a devil. I think that was at a at a very grim point in uh, the beginning of their history. But after that, see, never a weapon in anger. See, I remember very clearly you like dropping your web your weapon into like a press that crunched it. I didn't get many <laughs> shots. I think I got one, and then immediately it got stolen. It's like, wow, well, I'll never use this again. Yeah. Uh, as for me, as James mentioned, I've played a Solarian. I've uh, James and I have both watched our friend Robin just destroy people with like choke choking and stealing people's weapons uh, so 
And for me, I played an envoy in um, Signal of Screams. Uh, when my husband died, I, I picked up my NPC that was supposed to be like my tragic loss to motivate my character, but then like my character died before he could be properly motivated. <laughs> so I played Raka. I played Raka, a Brunari who just wanted to break down every door and demand to speak to the manager of whoever made this terrible app. <laughs> eventually we made it all the way to the top and i kicked down the door of the final managers <laughs> you know i didn't i didn't realize that that's actually how that ends it, yeah, it is yeah. just there yeah you you go into the manager's office and you kick down the door <laughs> and you beat them up you complain about the conditions of this carnival cruise it's it's so good it's it's honestly like i don't think it was intended to be written that way but like that is that is how it existed for raka so it is my personal kind but enough about us uh everybody here is getting restless they want to hear about these new classes so the thing that you should know if you haven't checked out the other videos, because Paizo has given this content to a whole bunch of other uh, streamers, podcasts, whatever, uh, Starfinder Enhanced has enhanced versions of two classes, which basically means they get a full 20-level table rewrite. And essentially, if you've ever played 5th edition D&D, it's kind of like how Tasha's Cauldron of Everything added optional class features. These are basically optional class features. Uh, except like if you're just playing the enhanced version of this class that you're expected to just have all of these things. Uh, I think we're going to start with the Envoy because James and I both love the Envoy very, very much. And also, I think the Envoy's set is the most interesting. You want to get started with this, James? Uh, sure. So uh, I'm going to bring up the pages of it in a second, um, just because I'm still getting used to this part of this. Hello, third yeah. time producer. Uh, this is this is our first time. On, like as 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 you all know, we produce this show live in front of a Twitch audience, and this is the first time that since James has taken over that we've had to actually take a picture from a PDF and put it on the screen for you all to see. So we're gonna hopefully make this work. But if it doesn't, you just have to cross your fing your fingers and hope that we're telling you the truth, which definitely <laughs> we, I would never ever lie to you. <laughs> so as far as the enhanced uh version of the envoy itself it looks like uh things are the same the amount of uh stamina hit points per level like none of that seems mm -hmm. to have changed um same says if i remember correctly reflex and will uh three three quarters bab ends up at 15 at 20th level yeah uh so pretty standard to what i'm used to um the biggest difference is just in some of the abilities and how they unlock um as um we go over it doesn't define everything which is probably more of a design for us for now you'll probably oh yeah. maybe hopefully see like a step-by-step -step, just in case you want to throw a new player this revised version because like there's no first level explanation of things which yeah you, you definitely <laughs> need the core rule book still to play this yeah. or this might just be an annotated version of it for yes. this because not not super important uh but one of the bigger things immediately is you can combine uh some of your improvisations uh with regular actions yeah, that ability is at second level. It's called Inspiring Combo, which is a new ability to the Envoy. And what it does is as a full action, you can make a single attack and activate one in Envoy improvisation you know. The improvisation has to be one that you can use as a standard action, a move action, or a swift action, and you choose the order in which your actions respond, either the full attack that you are using, the full attack you're using to make it, or the Envoy improvisation you're activating. And once you use that uh, full attack ability inspiring combo, you have to roll a d20 and subtract your charisma modifier. 
And that is the minimum of number of rounds you have to wait before you use another inspiring combo. Minimum one. So you can't spam your combo. But because your charisma is going to go up as you take more ability boost, if you make charisma your key ability score and pump it super high, you could easily be looking at like every other round you are popping an inspiring combo which is nuts yeah that's, um, a, that's a real dramatic shift in your power yes one thing that's important to note is that um you can take a full action to make a single attack and then use an envoy improvisation like a clever attack that already lets you make an attack and you're just like hey two attacks no multiple attack penalty pew pew <laughs> oh yeah okay. and then at 10th level the combo gets crazier uh at level 10 when you use the inspiring combo as a full action you can either make two attacks and one imp envoy improvisation or one attack and two envoy improvisations if you do this you take a minus four penalty to your attack rolls until the end of the turn and you treat your envoy levels four lower when resolving all of these improvisations effects so like you'd heal like I think it would be uh, it's two, eight less stamina points with uh, uh, inspiring boost and whatnot. But there are a lot of them that this just doesn't matter for. Like, if you have improved get them, that doesn't care about your level. <laughs> you yeah. just like, get them! <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got them, good. <laughs> and then um, at uh, if you use it in improvisation that also allows you to make an attack, like improved get them, you, the penalty is minus six. So it's very comparable to like uh, a soldier's onslaught type ability. Then at level 19, you reduce all the penalties for making attacks by two, and your envoy level only goes down by two instead of four. So you get like a nice sprinkling boost at the, at the very end. Yeah, once again, just, yeah. A, just a big strengthening of your power at high level. Yeah, yeah, this, this takes the envoy from a character who can't do anything but sit in the back and buff to... Oh no! Oh no, Navasi's got a gun! <laughs> and she shoots people with it! Yeah, like so it's, I don't it's I don't good. think they were uh inherently uh super strong before uh on high levels because you were just kind of in the back, just you were you were mm -hmm. doing complete battlefield management. If you've ever seen like Log Horizon where uh Shiro's just like in the back guiding how people are fighting, that's what you did as an envoy. You could do mm -hmm. other things. There's always ways to play, but uh you kind of felt like if you were doing the limited damage you'd get from an attack, unless it was for like a final shot, that you were kind of yeah. wasting your potential. Now, one thing I want to make clear, because somebody asked in our live chat, um, everything we're saying, these four new abilities that the Enhanced Envoy gets, these are additive. This class does not lose anything. Like, the the saving throw bonuses are the same, like James said. The base attack bonus is the same. Uh, the expertise die scales at the same rate. You get the same number of hit points, skill points, stamina points, class skills. Everything is the same. This is just more. So if you felt like your Envoy was too weak, at baseline like this is the, the pdf for you now speaking of things that if you thought your envoy was too weak uh level two is a very good level for the envoy now because in addition to getting the new inspiring combo ability and in addition to getting an envoy improvisation which is baseline you get an ability called signature support at level two uh which is at level two you get to pick one of the following envoy improvisations clever faint dispiriting taunt get em, inspiring boost those four are essentially like the bread and butter first level envoy improvisations like almost every envoy has at least one of them not all of them almost all of them 
but you pick one of them at level two and you get it for free on top of the improvisation you got at first level on top of the improvisation you got at second level if you already have that improvisation like you picked it at level one then you just get another free envoy improvisation uh at, at how it works with this getting it for free like sure everybody now has this one special way that they support or debuff or whatever like that's cool you just get a free improvisation at level six you get a limited daily uses uses per day ability that let you trigger that ability that improvisation that you picked as your signature uh, support as though you had spent a resolve point so like improved get like get them if you spend a resolve point you get them everything in like a giant burst this just lets you say hey i trigger that without spending a resolve point yeah and it shows what you're good at yeah you get it initially once at sixth level you get a second use at 12th and a third use at 18th so have a free improvisation make it support like it i i think that to me it is ensuring that you're building your character to fill the class role which is a support character i i think it's pretty cool i like free improvisations give me them well i mean these were the base level for you know the the not meta but your most popular builds of envoy and yeah. i kind of think of it kind of like how uh bards in first edition had their counter song and uh mm -hmm. all their other base songs that they get or if you want an archetype and an author version of them uh so that you have that variety uh because mm -hmm. once again it is it, it seems a lot of this is just about giving power just taking off the limiters yeah just 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 go go ultra instinct uh but as a support character <laughs> now um the 11th level ability is called lead by example uh this is fun i like this one a lot because essentially what it is is that if you critically hit someone and uh that person that you critically hit is in view of at least one of your allies you can trigger any improvisation that you could perform as a standard action a move action or a swift action as a reaction triggered by your critical hit and uh, it does not, it, but it, it does have some limits. You can't use that improvisation more often than you normally be allowed to, such as if you use all your daily uses or if you have no resolve points to spend acting, activating it. Once you trigger a, uh, a improvisation using lead by example, you can't do it again for a minute or until one of your allies within 60 feet critically hits. So if you guys are lucky and you, the, the 20s are rolling that night, you know, you can refresh <laughs> this ability quite a bit. I, it's also just like a funny, like, but what about me? Like, I did something cool. Then somebody else yeah. does something cool, and then you can do something else cool again. Ah, you killed that guy. Now get that one. It's <laughs> awesome. I love it. It's very cool. Um, the last ability that is brand new that the Envoy, the Enhanced Envoy gets is a 14th level ability called Success Breeds Success. Uh, when an ally you can see within 60 feet scores a critical hit on an attack against a significant enemy, attacks against that enemy are treated as critically hitting them if you the die is a 19 or a 20, and that lasts until the end of combat. So this is big. This is a critical threat range increasing ability. Starfinder has never had one of these. It was very common in Pathfinder First Edition, which this game is based off of, but we've never had something that makes you crit more often. We've had abilities that let you trigger critical hit effects earlier, never just, oh, 19, yeah, that's good enough. You got this, Sparky, you did it. Um, eventually, if a different ally you can see within 60 feet scores a second critical hit against the enemy, then it lowers to an 18. And so, like, if you're if you're if your group just keeps, it, it's basically the JoJo Stomp class feature, <laughs> right, James? <laughs> like, it's it's push it's pushing the the limit down like a like a hill. It's just snowballing. Yeah. 
Then it says this continues to stack with each unique ally who scores a critical hit, lowering the range. So like, it's literally like if multiple of your allies continue to crit them, the, it can go down as low as 17. Or if your GM is is truly a mad lad and is having a bigger party or lots of NPCs, like it can go real low, like real low. Yeah, um, like, like in 15, addition, 12. Yeah. In addition, the first time each combat that you, the envoy, succeed at a skill check an attack roll or some other d20 roll required by an envoy improvisation or you uh, the first time each combat you grant a benefit tied to a d20 roll to an ally who then succeeds you gain a resolve point so like cool once per combat you could just regain a resolve point give me those which is fun it's like this reminds me of like the technomancer has ways to regain resolve points and so does the mystic like this is cool for a class that uses resolve points like candy, just like flicking them out and catching them like Majin Buu, yeah. like you gotta, you gotta. Yeah, extra resolve was pretty standard in a lot of Envoy builds for feats. Mm -hmm. Lava Being in chat points out that if you have an, a companion creature or a drone, then like those count as unique allies too. So then all of a sudden you have everybody dogpiling on, trying to roll high and reduce the range. Like, I, I don't feel like it's going to be an effect that is like because you're gonna kill them before you get it too low <laughs> most but, likely yeah but like it's just it's funny to theorycraft like all right everyone we're all going to do nothing but unarmed attack with them because none of us have improved unarmed strikes so just d4s and we're just going to crit them as many times and try to be able to crit them on a one or better let's go <laughs> it's like you're trying to trigger a secondary effect just like with with all of your gumption it's so good. It's so good. It's it's like when I'm watching uh, my favorite streamers play Marvel Snap, and like they're making these decks that just go out of their way to be silly. They're going for the combo wombo, not because the deck is good. Like that, that's what that feels like. <laughs> that's a great description of it. Combo wombo. <laughs> oh, you got it backwards, but wombo combo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking about things that are cool, uh, the, this the this chapter, in addition to having these two pages and remember everything we just said is two pages it's really short short sweet awesome uh it also has about four pages of new envoy improvisations that you can pick for your envoy character and skipping ahead a little bit um there's i know there's a lot of people that are going to be excited because this has about four envoy improvisations that specifically require levels uh 10 or higher or i'm sorry it's seven that require 10 or higher so like this is the first time we've seen high-level Envoy improvisations. I know James and I were talking in the pre-show, and he's very excited about a few of these. Yeah, because when you're high-level, it's about, like, at least for my eyes for a lot of things, it's about, um, like, changing abilities, like changing how action economy works, like doing more successful things instead of being able to pick from a lot yeah. lower options to make yourself wider in power. You can, and previously kind of had to, but the, the fact that there's some higher level stuff to really sink your teeth into is uh, very exciting for future builds. Definitely. So, James, uh, we have a lot to talk about here. And I feel like we wouldn't be doing a good preview if we don't talk about all of them. Sure. So, like, we should probably just, like, machine gun it down. Um, sure. Want me to take the first, uh, probably Yeah, two? take page one with sure. that awesome picture of Navasi, who's just like, come on. Navasi's guns, by the way, uh, they have different color uh, grips on the handles. One is pink and one is brown, and it looks very good. I don't know why that little aesthetic quirk just got me, but it, it's so good. Um, it's very good. Now you see it's the first one that comes up. Uh, it allows you to hide things on people easier, uh, and it makes uh, pull the pin work a bit better. <laughs> so, yes. so you can easily, more easily throw grenades into people's pockets and have them be very sad. 
Um, yes. I recommend if you're able to uh, summon monster grenade because that's funny, or um, anything that <laughs> entangles people. Oh my god, that's really funny. Uh, Sonic Shroud. Uh, it you make a loud noise that turns off or not turns off, but reduces blind sight to blind sense, hearing or vibration uh, against enemies in the area. Um, also, it says creatures, so in theory, it would also be your own people. Um, a lot of things are not using that as their primary site. Um, some are. You'll, you'll get some benefit out of it, especially if you like to fight in dark rooms and you're just upset with most of the insectoid races just going, I don't care. <laughs> this, this will make it a lot harder for them. Uh, Teamworks and Dreamworks. Uh, it allows you to uh, like get the benefits, like an aid another benefit more, more easily. Um, it's like as a reaction after an ally makes a check or attack roll, you can use the aid another covering fire or hearing fire actions to help a second ally. But before the results are applied, you can provide insights in one of two ways. You can roll your expertise die and add, and add half the result to the first ally's check or attack, potentially turning a failed result into a success. Alternatively, you can cause the aid another action, covering fire or herring fire action to increase its granted bonus to plus three. Uh, level six, you can do it uh, without spending a resolve. Or you can spend a resolve point without spending an action, sorry. Um, and when you do so, you can apply half the result of your expertise died to the first allies check. So you help a bunch of people, and it's kind of like a what's that a bard spell? Um, Moment of greatness, the one that you can yeah. get rid of to use uh, add d4s. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I am very excited because uh, by giving James the first page, I get to talk about vexing style. Uh, vexing style and a an envoy in, improvisation that builds off of it later are two of my favorite in this. Uh, what vexing style does? It's a language dependent, mind affecting, sense dependent improvisation that. As a swift action, you activate it, and then once you activate it, it is on until uh, either combat ends or you can no longer communicate effectively, such as becoming inaudible, paralyzed, unconscious, or if you just choose to end it. And what happens is, is that while you're in vexing style, enemies within 60 feet of you take a minus one penalty to attack rolls to, to hit you, and you gain a plus two bonus uh, to bluff checks to faint those creatures, right? The downside is that while you're in vexing style, anything that is penalized by your vexing style <laughs> you deals additional damage to you if they manage to hit you uh the amount of damage is uh equal to half of their cr so the stronger the creature the more they hurting you a uh, minimum one damage uh, also uh if and if, if such a creature scores a critical hit against you uh they could become immune to your vexing style and do improvisations that use it as a prerequisite for one hour they can choose so, like, to become immune <laughs> Yes, they can continue to be vexed if they want to. Maybe they like hurting you more. Mm -hmm. I, as a GM, I would almost always keep that running. I would never turn <laughs> just it off. fueled by anger. My yeah, uh, my a minus one penalty is not enough for, to to deter me from basically getting deadly aim on you. Just just to <laughs> let you know if you're ever at my table. Um, there's also an ability called Combat Codebreaker, which essentially lets you use a culture or sense motive check. Equal, uh, with a DC equal to 10 plus the most powerful foe's total sense motive skill bonus or 10 plus or 15 plus one and a half times that that creature's CR. It's basically the same DC for fainting them. Uh, and if you succeed on combat co-breaker, which you trigger as a swift action, uh, then what happens is the next time uh, before the beginning of your next turn that one of the creatures that you targeted with this ability makes an attack against one of your allies, that creature your, your ally gains covering fire against the attack because you've solved like the secret tactics that they're using essentially you stole their baseball once, signs you sold their baseball signs uh once you grant uh an ally this benefit then you can't use it again until you take a 10 minute rest to recover 
Uh, there's also a really fun one called Sting of Failure, which is language-dependent, mind-affecting, and sense-dependent. As a reaction, when a creature within 60 feet of you misses you with an attack, you can taunt them. Uh, they become off-target until the end of your next turn, will negates. And you can use this uh, um, improvisation against a creature with whom you don't share a language, but they gain a plus four bonus to their will save. So like, even though it's language defend, uh, dependent, you can kind of ignore it. Once a creature saves against the improvisation, it becomes immune to it for an hour. As uh, At sixth level, you can spend a resolve point to enhance the effect. They become off target until the end of your turn with no save, and, and which at which point they cannot take reactions, save negates. So you could just start, at starting at sixth level, you could just toss the resolve points like candy to use it without risk, which is pretty cool. Uh, at sixth level, you can become the robot, which <laughs> essentially, uh, there's a lot of rules for this one. And to summarize what it does is that you disguise yourself as a robot and other robots that see you have to attempt a will saving throw to recognize that you're not just another robot like they are. Uh, and they will respond to you as if you essentially are like supposed to be there because you're a robot. If you've ever seen like a TV show where someone dresses up in a really bad robot costume and says, beep boop, I am a robot. That is this. This is beep boop, I am a robot. It's really funny. Uh, it's one of those envoy improvisations where like, I don't know how practical it is to take, but in the right situation, like it is a story waiting to happen. It sounds like an improvisation like Drendel Drang would have. You just, he, he would just like find him and he'd just be like living in a like an Amazon factory, just like, yeah, this is just where I live. Beep boop. Yeah. Uh, if you're curious, uh, you can maintain the improvisation for one hour, after which you need to stretch and move normally for an equal amount of time before you can use it again. And then at 10th level, you can spend a resolve point as a full action to give it to a number of allies equal to your charisma modifier. You know what? I'm pretty sure Leah uses this in Futurama at least once. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it ends for an ally, though, if they are ever not in line of sight of you, because you have to be the one kind of like directing it. Now, another level for improvisation is called blocking bodies. Uh, how what this does is that if you are attacked and have soft cover granted by a creature against the attacker, meaning like their line of attack passes through another creature to hit you and you have cover from it, you could increase the cover bonus to plus five. I'd like to point out that soft cover is usually just plus one. So you're getting a plus four bonus from this. And if the attack's roll's result is a natural one, you can choose for the attacker to re-roll the attack against a, the creature closest to you that is granting you soft cover as if they were the target. So basically, it lets you hide behind an ally, and if the, your opponent rolls a nat one, you can hit, or hide behind an enemy, and if they roll a nat one, you can get them shot. Why, I mean, like, why did you have to connect? What? what? It's funny. <laughs> you are just like, yeah, shoot my eyes. Yeah. And then at 10th level, when you use the improvisation and the triggering attack fails to hit you by five or less, you can spend a resolve point. When you do, the attacker re-rolls the attack against the creature, granting you soft cover, as though their original attack had been a result of a natural one. Uh, the last one I'm going to read before I let James read my favorite one, Improved Vexation, uh, is called Kiss It Better. Uh, as a, It's a mind-affecting, sense-dependent uh, uh, ability, which basically what it lets you do is as a standard action, you can either bluff or medicine an ally within reach who has less than the maximum number of hit points or stamina points. The DC is either 5 plus your ally's sense motive bonus, 5 plus your ally's medicine bonus, or the DC to faint them, essentially. Uh, except it's 10 plus 1.5 times your level instead of 15. 
Uh, if your check succeeds, they gain temporary hit points equal to 1d20 plus your charisma modifier, plus another 1d8 temporary hit points for every four envoy levels you have beyond six, up to a maximum of 5d8 plus charisma at 18th level. Uh, the temporary hit points last for, last for 10 minutes, and each time you kiss it better on the creature, the DC to kiss them again increases by five for one day. It's hilarious. I love it. It's so funny. Yeah, I, th- I think you so said it starts at, 2D, at d20. It starts at 2d8. I'm sorry. It's two. I, it is two D eight, not D, not two, not D twenty. But yes, uh, it, it is good. Uh, I think it's very amusing, especially since like if you're playing an envoy and you're specializing in medicine, uh, it's you're not always going to be in a situation where your enemies have burnt through all their stamina points and your medicine actually does something. So like this is like yeah, it'll stack. It's fine. Good. Yeah, it's also just the great for the other side of that where it's like yeah, you're fine. Keep going in there. <laughs> yeah, keep getting keep, go go ahead, Asics. Just keep getting your face ripped. Exa- exactly. If you want to bully your frontliner, that will help you. Yeah. Uh, speaking about bullying, why don't you do take the next page? Yeah. So improved vexation. Uh, and this is at that same level fourth. Uh, your blistering battle rapport adds an extra sting to your attacks. The first time each round that you succeed at a weapon attack against the creature affected by your vexing style, you can choose to add your charisma fire modifier to the attack's damage instead of adding your strength modifier. If the attack would not normally add your strength modifier to its damage, you can instead add half your charisma modifier as a bonus to the damage. Uh, you can apply your charisma modifier to damage in a way that affects area of effect weapons, and you must have vexing style. So, yay, it's piranha style, except it's charisma to damage. It's so good. I love it so much. I also really like the flavor. that Because, like, usually when you have X to Y in terms of ability scores, like, people are like, oh, it's so powerful. Now you can do all these things. What makes this one really cool compared to every other charisma to damage option I've ever seen in any system, this one, the charisma to damage is language dependent and mind affecting and sense dependent. Meaning like you have to actually, your your opponent has, you have to be able to bully someone and they have to understand that you're bullying them for it to get the bonus. And I just think that's so cool. Like, (laughs) like, is it, is it less optimal than uh, a Solarian getting soul fire to their weapon? Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> I think the flavor makes this really cool. Uh, hey, I think it's good too. Anything that gives you more damage. Uh, I know you've been waiting to say this next one. Yeah, what did we learn? Uh, so it's a language-dependent, mind-affecting, sense-dependent one. So you do need allies that can understand you. While resting, you coach your allies on how to turn past failures into successes. You spend a resolve point when you're resting for 10 minutes to recover stamina. And you can review tactics without the five allies who are also spending resolve points to regain stamina. And each affected ally learns a lesson associated with their choice of attack rolls, skill throws, or saving throws, or skill checks. Before attempting a check of the chosen type, an affected ally can expend that lesson to apply a plus two morale bonus to that check. And it lasts for eight hours. So you go in, you get thrashed the first fight, and uh, you all talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that went bad. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. It's it, You know what it reminds me of when we played... Um when we played the one adventure path we played that had the resident evil laser grid mm-hmm. and we like took like four tries trying to get through it like this is what if we had an envoy this would be that would have been perfect might, might have been a lot easier maybe we don't walk into the lasers no we locked into so uh, listen we locked into like the I'm, oh my god i cursed i'm so sorry we walked into the uh the, the man-sized microwave like it's fine <laughs> Uh, and then up to the 8th like level. We, I mean me. Yeah, you specifically. Uh, at the 8th level, um, there's some more improvisations. Doom! With many O's and an exclamation point. 
Language dependent set, mind affecting sense dependent. Uh, when you use this ability, you choose a wide range of different areas, either 120 foot line, 60 foot cone, or 20 foot burst radius within 60 feet. As a standard action, you tell people their doom, you make checks based on either uh, their sense motive modifier or 15 and one half their CR, whichever is higher. Um, and hopefully you have a little token to uh, sell this act. But if you do succeed, each creature which your check succeeds against must do one of the following on the next turn. Fight defensively, use a full defense action, move out of the area, or move to an area that grants them cover against your attacks. Whether your check succeeds or not, you can't affect a creature with that improvisation again for 24 hours. So That's hilarious. You, you, bring out, you bring out the little stick of doom, and you go, this stick will be your doom, and you wave it around, and they go, oh no, it's a stick of doom, and then they have to take one of those actions. It's, it's a very, like, re reimagined version of just cause fear. Much funnier. <laughs> Way funnier. Uh, the next one's up, as I said now, a mind-affecting sense dependent. As a swift action before the end of your first full turn during each encounter, you can motivate an ally who hasn't acted yet uh, and is yet within 30 feet of you to act more quickly. That ally rerolls their initiative check using the second result if it's higher. The second initiative check cannot uh, exceed your own initiative count. Uh, if it would be equal or exceed yours, the ally creature acts immediately in your turn in the initiative order. Uh, once the creature has been affected, this ability immune for twenty four hours. So you uh, kip up your person. You give them a little, a little pat on the butt. No, no. <laughs> uh, up to tenth level, exploit weakness. Uh, sense dependent. Uh, sorry, language dependent. Mind affecting sense dependent. Uh, when you succeed at a check to identify a creature, you can audibly communicate its vulnerabilities to allies within thirty feet as a move action. When you or your affected allies deal damage to the identified creature, and that damage would be reduced by energy resistance, damage reduction, or similar effect. Roll your expertise die and add your intelligence or wisdom modifier. The attack or effect ignores an amount of one of the creature's damage-reducing abilities equal to the result uh, of that check, reduced to a minimum of zero. The attacker does not need to know the specific defensive ability that the identified creature has to benefit from this improvisation, and you and all affected allies can ignore part of the creature's uh, damage-reducing abilities in this way with one attack each for one minute, after which these benefits end. Uh, and... 24 hours limit. Uh, so, yeah, you say, hey, it has a hard head, and you uh, don't hit it in its hard head. Amazing. It sounds really dumb, but, like, it's very good, especially when you get into those energy fights where y'all showed up to the uh, devil ship with laser rifles. <laughs> so, helps a bit there. Next up, Fearsome Blast, mind-affecting, sense-dependent. This makes your grenade scary. Uh, you throw a grenade in there, it explodes. They have to make an additional will save, and if they fail, they get shaken. And that ones, they get uh, frightened, uh, after which they're shaken as well. Uh, you can regenerate it with uh, a stamina point when you uh, recover to gain more stamina. And insult to injury. Language dependent, mind affecting, sense dependent. Your quips make your enemy's wounds feel even worse. As a reaction, when you or your ally hits and deals damage to a creature da affected by your vexing style, you can increase the attack's damage by an amount equal to your charisma modifier. If the damage is... If the creature is flat-footed, off-target, or shaken due to your actions, uh, you can instead roll your expertise die and apply the result as a bonus to the attack's damage. After a creature takes extra damage from your improvisation, it becomes immune to your injury to insult for 24 hours. You can't apply this bonus uh, to damage weapon attacks that affect an area. So yay, it's uh, the Mesmerist's uh, painful reminder uh, and stare damage ability. Very cool. So now the last couple ones that we're going to do, this is the last page of Envoy. Uh, there's like four and all of them are level 12 or higher. So these are like the pinnacle of Envoy uh, Envoy power now. Uh, the first one at level 12 is Cry of the Valkyrie. It is a mind affecting, sense dependent, supernatural ability where you shout at someone's dying soul so loud 
that like if the de- the creature is dead and their soul is like leaving their body, it just goes back in and they come back to life. It's really great. Uh, if they have no resolve points, they gain one resolve point, and the the number of hit points they come back to life with is equal to your expertise die plus your charisma modifier. That's how much hit points and stamina they have. So it's like it's a chunk of healing. Um, they also gain a temporary negative level from coming back to the dead. Uh, the improvisation has a range of 30 feet. Here's the kicker. You have to spend a number of resolve points equal to one plus the number of rounds the creature has been dead for, treating any fraction of a round as one round for this purpose. So, like, it's going to cost a minimum of two resolve points to save somebody. Uh, the improvisation can't resuscitate creatures slain by death effects. Creatures turn into the undead or creature whose bodies were destroyed, significantly mutilated, disintegrated, and so on. For the purpose of determining whether a dead creature could be affected due to this improvisation's mind-effective, mind-affecting and sense-dependent descriptors, treat the creature as though it were not dead. (laughs) So basically, you cannot bring back mind-affecting creatures or creatures that would not be able to sense you with this um, if they were alive. (laughs) And then uh, once you use it, you can't use it again until you spend a resolve point during a 10-minute rest to recover stamina. I also think that's funny because like they're objects and they don't have sense dependent things and this it's just in there to say hey the corpse can't hear you it's a corpse yeah no it feels it to me it feels like someone is like remembered like the old 3.5 ability there was like an iron counter ability that technically let you counter the sun this is someone <laughs> making sure that you that you can't counter the sun with this ability <laughs> also um, uh unlike other things that bring things back from the dead range of 30 feet yeah yeah it's good like comparatively this ability is very similar to a fourth or level plus mystic cure uh it costs way more resolve points but the the flip side of this ability is that you could do it from far away like you just be hey that guy is in 30 feet yo get up and then that way like you could say like if someone dies and they're outside of 30 feet of you it's like that's outside of my get them range that's on you i can imagine james saying that to our friend peter (laughs) you shouldn't have died there idiot (laughs) (laughs) Um, then at 16th level the last three improvisations you have diplomatic immunity which is a language dependent mind affecting sense dependent ability Uh, as a reaction when a creature within 60 feet of you succeeds at an attack roll against you including with like a blast or a line property ability but not explode since i think that one is specifically a reflex save Mm -hmm. Uh, and then that attack deals damage to you you can trigger this reaction uh, to reduce the damage you take by convincing the attacker to strike less forcefully. You roll your expertise die and had half your skill ranks in bluff diplomacy or intimidate, whichever is higher, and then you reduce the damage dealt to you by the result. If the damage would be reduced to zero, you resolve the attack as though it had missed. Uh, that's probably never going to happen at this level of stage. That is not a big enough number for <laughs> that to be a miss. Um uh, this improvisation, it can only reduce the damage you take, not the damage the, the attack deals to other creatures. Once you trigger this improvisation against a creature, that creature is immune uh, to diplomatic immunity for 24 hours. And then after a creature that witnesses you making an attack or taking an otherwise overtly hostile action, uh, they're, they're immune to it. So basically, you cannot be guns blazing with this. And then uh, you cannot have the uh, not in the face improvisation. You you must have not in the face to choose it. So it's kind of like a, a, a an improvement of not in the face, which I think is from the core rulebook. Yeah, I, I mean, this is what fourteen damage <laughs> on average. Um, so I mean, at the level that you get it, it's half your ranks in one of those skills. So that's seven plus an average. Eight, of, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, your expertise die can go up to 1d8 plus 2, I believe. Yeah, so, so like, 6 and a half. 
Yeah. So like right at this point at max die, it would be like 12. And then if you were max levels, it'd be like 16. Yeah. It's not great. I don't recommend this one. Uh, to me, this is the only one that I'm like, uh, the other ones are, are the, a lot of these other ones are niche, but I can see them being useful and fun. That one I feel like would frustrate me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that, but, that, that's a nimble dodge of a choice. Oh my God. It's a nimble dodge of a choice. Did you know people like actually agree with me now, like four years later? Isn't that wild? Uh, you were vilified. vilified. I was vilified for that. Anyway, <laughs> I, I won't get into that. Uh, horrifying blast is a mind affecting sense dependent option uh your explosive your explosives terrify those caught within their blasts when you activate or attack with a grenade while using the fearsome blast improvisation which james already talked about creatures that fail their will saving throws by five or more are frightened for one round which means they're running and they're probably dropping stuff and you just get to laugh and there's no like Oh, once you use this, you can't use it again until you do X, Y. No, just throw the bombs. And if they roll bad, they're running. Yeah, that's their fault Goodbye. for failing those saves. Get good. Yeah, it's their fault. Get good. Um, and then the last one is improve seize, seize the advantage, which is language dependent, mind affecting, sense dependent. You can choose up to two allies within 60, uh, oh my gosh, two allies within 60 feet to make an attack <laughs> using, don't make fun of me. Sexy feet. <laughs> Sexy feet. <laughs> Using seize the advantage and the seize the advantage improvisation. If you choose only one ally, the ally retains a better sense of balance after making their attack and can attempt a reflex saving throw. If they succeed, they're only off target until the end of their turn, ignoring the improvisation's other attack penalty and staggered conditions. So basically, you can make the seize the advantage ability have less of a penalty for your allies. Uh, or you could just pick two of them and say sucks to suck. Yeah, here's the, here's that art where uh, she's the you can see the pistols have two different grip colors. Yeah, it's very cool. It's 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 uh, it's like it's like bubblegum and chocolate or something like Charleston shoe colors. Well, I mean her her shoulders definitely look like Kit Kat bars. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's super into strawberry machine cake now. <laughs> so uh, that's the envoy, and next up we had the Slayer. We we budgeted 20 minutes for the envoy, and uh, boy, we blew past that. No, because we're we're just too we're 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 fanboys. What can you say? This is what happens. I mean, it's you exciting. I mean, envoys yeah. are exciting. They do such weird things. Well, not weird things, but they do such relatively unique things. On the plus side, the enhanced Solarian, which also gets extra abilities and does not lose anything from the base Solarian, uh, it only has three new abilities compared to the envoy, which had four, which is cool. I like that because uh, that means that we have we don't have to talk about it as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, do you want to take these three or do you want me to do it? Uh, how about you start? I'm uh, dealing with some stream things and uh, when I have to full screen that thing, I can't do the other things. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. So, uh, the first thing you get at second level is called attunement surge. When you have two attunement points in any stellar mode, you could expend two attunement points on your turn without using an action to gain two effects until the beginning of your next turn. Uh, first you gain the benefits from that mode stellar revelations as if you were fully attuned rather than attuned. Second, you gain a benefit based on which mode you are attuned to. So essentially starting at level two, you could just be like, okay, I'm spending all my attunement points and now I'm fully attuned like a round earlier, which is pretty cool. And then you also gain an extra benefit. The first one is if you are an energy, uh, if you're attuned to the energy, which is from uh, Tech Revolution, uh, you gain the nimble move speed. Pretty cool. If you are tuned to Graviton, you gain an in your insight bonus to reflex saves applies to all saving throws. Wow. Um, yeah. Photon is the first time you deal damage to a creature, you can increase the insight bonus from photon mode to D4 plus one D4 for every six Solarian levels you have. 
if your attack or effect damages multiple creatures, you apply this additional damage to only one target of your choice. The rest take the default photon mode damage. And at level 12, you can apply the higher damage to up to two targets of your choice. Then the final one from Tech Revolution is called Resistance. Uh, in addition to granting you damage reduction, Resistance also grants you Resistance 1 to acid, cold, electricity, fire, and sonic damage, increasing by one for every six Solarian levels you have. This energy resistance stacks with one other source of energy resistance you have, such as from equipment. So it's pretty cool. I like this. Free real um, estate. Yeah, I mean, it essentially what it says is so like the it, essentially what it does is that you spend two points, you become fully attuned around early a, and get these benefits. The downside is that you're not fully attuned to activate like your Zenith revolutions, right? Like, because you don't have enough points for it. Uh, that to me seems to be how this is intended to be read. Um, it doesn't really say that. I'm hoping that's what it's saying. Because like, if you could trigger Zenith Revolutions while spending this, then it's just pushing you around earlier to fully attune, which could have saved a paragraph if they just wrote that. We might need some kind of a uh, uh, an errata or an FAQ to explain what the intent of this ability is. Um, but I like it. It's cool. Uh, the third level ability is called Combat Meditation. As a full action, you can concentrate and channel the cosmos to gather power more quickly. You attempt a D20 Charisma check you gain one attunement point if for your current stellar mode if you fail the check. Two points if you succeed. And this can't put you above three. Once you use this ability, you can't do it again until you spend one resolve point to gain stamina points after resting for 10 minutes. After a fifth level, you could spend one resolve point to instead use the ability as a standard action. And at 15th level, you can use combat meditation as a standard action or spend a resolve point to use it as a move action. So as you get higher levels, it becomes quicker to activate. Basically, what this ability lets you do is you can attempt a charisma check to try to get to fully attuned status faster. It takes your full round to do it, but if you can reasonably pass that check, you can start round two fully attuned, or you can fully attune one round earlier. Uh, if you like, if you do it on round one to get to round two, and then round two you get up to three. So like, it's it's it definitely a speed up and getting to the full attuned status. Mm. Then, um. The next ability is the 8th level Aftershock ability. Uh, your most powerful revelations briefly warp reality around you, granting you a momentary advantage before the cosmos restores equilibrium. Whenever you use a Zenith revolution, including like Black Hole or Supernova, uh, you gain a special benefit until the end of your next turn. The benefit changes based on the mode that is associated with the Zenith revelation. See below. You spend one resolve point after resolving the Zenith revelation, uh, if you spend one resolve point after resolving the Zenith Revelation, you can increase this benefit that I'm about to read uh, by 1d6 rounds. So it'd be 1d6 plus 1. Graviton's benefit is that you either choose to gain a plus 1 bonus to AC or calculate your AC using your Charisma modifier instead of your Dex modifier. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the next one, yeah. The next one is Photon. You can calculate your attack and damage modifier using your charisma modifier instead of your strength or dexterity modifier. This does not stack with the soul fire weapon infusion. That is literally printed there. Ooh. Alternatively, yeah. The next successful attack you make before the end of your turn gains a damage bonus equal to your charisma modifier. So here's what's really funny about Aftershock. I don't know if this was intentional. I assume it is, but Aftershock inadvertently uh gives you a benefit for choosing the mode that is uh that is that is currently less optimal for your stellar mode right mm -hmm. so like 
if you are a, a armor class based solarian you have the armored solarian option you probably have a high dex to make use of your your armor and have like a good bonus and also you're using a gun or like a finesse weapon because you don't have a weapon to use right, right. So using your charisma to, mod- to to charisma to dex doesn't really matter for an armored Solarian, but if you are a strength-based Solarian, you probably don't have a great dexterity score. That is good. That is real good. But typically speaking, a weapon Solarian favors photon mode because it deals bonus damage. So like this is like, oh, if you went Graviton as a weapon Solarian and you pick this defensive bonus instead of the damage bonus, that's really cool and then on the flip side the photon bonus lets you use your charisma modifier instead of your strength or dex for attack and damage rolls right mm-hmm. it doesn't stack with soul fire so that means if you are a armor solarian who doesn't have something you could stick soul fire on but you have a good charisma that ability is really good so but typically if you were an armored solarian you would go graviton because you don't really you can't use that damage bonus quite as well but that reflex bonus for your defensive build is really nice so to me this feels like a flip-flop to give you a reason to use the opposite moat of what you would typically feel like you'd have to do now i like that ability i really like this yeah it really opens you up there yeah speaking about things that open you up we've got a whole bunch of pages of revelations and we've got 10 minutes to talk about them james yeah uh, I, I was like man that would be a good segue if any of these uh did a lot of damage uh <laughs> uh the they have some stellar revelations uh photon we're gonna start with agile ingress at first level photon revelation uh you change the light shed by your solar manifestation you can move that around in all sorts of different ways make it bigger change it's the type of light it gives off um, when you're fully attuned, you can intensify it as part of a move action when you use acrobatics to tumble through a threatened area. And you could just, like, mouser it and deal 1d4 fire damage to one creature that threatens in that space that you're trying to get by. And it increases yeah. by 1d4 for every four levels up to 64 at 20th. And creatures can have it with a reflex saving throw. Once a creature is taken fire damage, you're immune to it for one hour. Or one minute, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, you run past somebody and you light them on fire. That is such a Robin ability. <laughs> <laughs> uh the next one is uh barrier occultation uh gravitate graviton revelation uh your soul manifestation bends blocks and reflects light as much as it produces it as a move action you can change the light emitted by your solar manifestation by 10 feet of dim feet 10 feet of bright light followed by 10 feet of dim or 10 feet of bright light with no dim beyond uh this lasts for as long as your solar manifestation is formed or until you change it back to its default state and uh yeah as part of a move action to align with a shield uh you can make things dazzled for 1d4 reflex negates yay hooray i'd like to remind you james that dazzled is very good in pathfinder second edition and in starfinder second edition but it's really not that good in this edition no no I, when i read dazzled i remembered uh learning that in second edition dazzled is good and i just auto completed to that and uh yeah. when i went back and read this after i remembered that i was reading it wrong i was like oh that's a oh, my that's is- a choice <laughs> reflex negates uh, <laughs> dodge the light james yeah it's just like light. how about this negligible bonus that won't work half the time <laughs> how's that for a choice uh next up is caustic void uh graviton revelation you transform the crushing force of a black hole into a more caustic destructive energy you can use this revelation when forming your solar manifestation to change the manifestation's properties your solar manifestation deals physical damage this revelation grants the manifestation the effects of a corrosive weapon fusion this temporary fusion ignores item level requirements it doesn't count towards maximum fusion so you can throw it on something you already have it on 
Uh, if your solar manifestation only deals energy damage, this revelation causes the manifestation to deal acid damage instead of any other energy types. Uh, if your solar, I love that. Yeah, if your solar manifestation provides a bonus to AC, it also grants you acid resistance equal to five plus or half your solarian level. Uh, solar shield manifestation applies both the corrosive weapon fusion effect to unarm attacks with the shield, as well as the acid resistant effect. Uh, though you only gain the acid resistant benefit while your shield is aligned, whether or not the acid damage is dealt by your target. That is a good one. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just it feels like entropy Solarian. Give it to me now. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel like it just makes you strong in a direction, right? Like it, like it has a yeah. focus. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then, overwhelming brilliance is a photon revelation. You can channel part of the positive energy plane's brilliance. Uh, you can use this revelation when forming your solar manifest uh, manifestation, changing the manifestation's properties. If your solar manifestation deals physical damage, the revelation grants the uh, manifestation the effects of a flaming weapon fusion. The temporary fusion ignores item level requirements and doesn't count towards the maximum levels of fusions your weapon can have at once. If your solar manifestation deals only energy damage, the revelation causes the manifestation to deal fire damage instead of any other energy damage types. And this fire damage ignores undead creatures' fire resistance by amount equal to your charisma modifier plus one for every four Solarian levels you have. It's the Saren Ray fusion! Daxon Ray would love this. I would take this one on Daxon. Um, if your solar manifestation provides a bonus to AC, it also grants you a plus two enhancement bonus of saving throws against death effects and effects created by the undead. Additionally, it grants you fire resistance equal to one to, for, per four Solarian levels you have. A solar shield manifestation applies both the flaming weapon fusion effect to unarmed attacks with the shield, as well as the fire resistance effect, although you get, only gain the fire resistance benefit when your shield is aligned, whether or not that fire damage is dealt by your target. Well, I feel like I just copied what you said, but pasted like acid with fire. Yeah, sort of, except uh, what undead creatures have fire resistance? Uh, the pyric wreaths. Okay. <laughs> um, I was like, explosive... a, a standard undead is cold. Uh, explosive meditation uh, is a photon revelation at fourth level. When your focus shatters, you receive a burst of energy and insight. When the effects of your side reel influence class ability end because combat begins, you gain the following benefits for a number of rounds equal to half your charisma modifier, minimum one round. First, plus three insight bonus to the graviton or photon skills that your side reel influence is applied to. Skill focused. A second, you can apply your charisma modifier to your initiative check in place of your dex modifier. Wow. Yeah. Third, you can add your charisma modifier as a bonus to the damage dealt by one weapon attack or stellar revelation per round. This does not stack with effects that add your charisma bonus to damage. Cool. Finally, you gain a temporary hit points equal to your charisma. Wow. That that is really cool. It's ba okay, it's so it's like, baby aid. Yeah. It's like okay, so like if you are in side reel influence because combat begins that this this is a weird one because I, it's talking about photon rebel specifically and like you gave these benefits if you were in photon and getting the photon skills bonus which is like like diplomacy and stuff mm -hmm. i almost wish that this makes me wish that we had revelations that were neutral right and that this one could be applied to either or or you got to pick like choose whether this is photon or graviton when you gain this 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 is a cool mechanic and the next one i'm about to read is not at the same level and is not based on this so it's probably easy enough to homebrew a photon version of it but that's the first thing that came into my mind 
Uh, you can add a supernatural force to your proclamations. When you succeed, add an intimidate check to demoralize a creature as a standard action while tuned or fully attuned. Uh, you can choose to deal 1d10 sonic damage to the creature or push them five feet away from you. Uh, fortitude negates this additional the additional effect of the iron weight announcement. Uh, the damage increases at 10th level and at 16th level. It goes to one to, to 2d10 and then 3d10. And the distance you can push creatures at, uh, increases to 10 feet at 10th level and to 15 feet at 16th level. Whether or not the creature succeeds, they become immune to this ability for 24 hours. So you're not going to spam shouts at people. You're not a dragon boy. <laughs> then you have Shining Pastor. Impacts with your shield cause the shield to flare with painful light. This is a photon revelation. If you align your solar shield against a creature to which you're attuned, that creature takes fire damage equal to 1d6 plus your charisma modifier. The first time each round they hit you with a melee attack. You're fully attuned. You add your solarian level to the fire damage dealt. You must have a solar shield to select this revelation. I love holy block as an ability. <laughs> yep. It's great. Oh, Alex is uh, completely frozen. Buddy, come back to us. Look at him. Just frozen in the void. In the ether. Well, uh, while we wait for him to come back, I will uh, pick up from where awesome, he left off. Oh, there you are. You're back. Oh, no. What happened? What was the last thing? Should I just reread Titanic Momentum and you can edit and adjust? Oh, no. Just go ahead and read Titanic Momentum. Okay. Uh, by magnifying the apparent mass of your weapons, you can hurl yourself and enemies across the battlefield. So what this does is as a move action, you can grant a weapon you wield, including your solar weapon, the thruster weapon special property. However, if the weapon doesn't have charges, activating the property prevents you from activating it again until the start of your next turn. So you get it like once per turn. Uh, the benefit lasts for one round or until you leave photon mode. And if you are attuned or fully attuned, the weapon gains the push 10 feet critical heat hit effect in addition to its normal critical hit effect. Essentially, it's Yetus Venetus, the uh, revelation. Very cool. <laughs> um, at eighth level, uh, the two options are called uh, Metastar Conduit and Rugged Field. Metastar Conduit is a photon revelation that uh, whenever you use a photon zenith revelation, you can either fuel or burn away a spell that is either affecting one of the revelation's targets or is in one of the uh, revelation's area of effects. Uh, if you choose to fuel the spell, attempt a dispel check, 1d20 plus your Solarian level against the DC equal to 11 plus the spell's caster level. If you succeed, you can either increase the spell's duration by 100% or by a number of rounds equal to your charisma modifier, whichever is less. If you choose to burn the spell, you attempt to dispel it as it's a spell magic. So you can either woo or yeah. the, the, um, you can only attempt to burn a spell and fuel spell once per day uh, each. And then you must respond a resolve point each additional time you use the revelation. So, like, you could, if I'm reading this right, like, you could do it once per day, and then if you want to do it again, you have to start spending resolve points, if that makes sense. I think that's what it's trying to say. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, then Rugged Field is a Graviton revelation. Uh, it keeps environmental effects at bay. You gain the environmental adaptation feat as a bonus feat, even if you don't meet its prerequisites. And you can use either your charisma or your constitution modifier to determine how many environmental conditions and weather conditions to choose from with the feat. When you become fully attuned, you can choose an additional environmental condition or weather condition presented by the feat. This last one, two are no longer fully attuned. That feat's abilities are kind of mid. They're not bad. 
They're yep. just kind of there. This this to me would feel better if this was one of like the level two revelations. As a level eight choice, this kind of eh, yeah. I, I'd probably I I wouldn't snap on this. I'd pass this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it it probably matters more in certain campaigns, right? Maybe, but you know what? You get to read an ability called Striking Spaghettification. Yeah, wow. that's got to be good. Man, you said that like perfectly. <laughs> I'm Italian. What do you want? <laughs> so uh, these are 10th level revelations. Uh, striking Spaghettification is a Graviton revelation. You uh, stretch your body in impossible shapes and snap back to original. Uh, while you're attuned or fully attuned, you gain lunge as a combat feat. And when you use lunge, you can instead increase the reach of your melee attacks by five feet for every five Solar Solarian weapon levels you have the resulting penalty to your ac instead equals one plus one for every five feet by which you extend your reach so you can just make a 15 foot long spaghetti arm and take minus three to your ac uh if you hit a creature with uh using that lunge you can spend one resolve as a reaction to pull the rest of your body forward towards the target rather than retracting your limbs this moves you to a space adjacent to the target that is within your reach and does not provoke attacks of opportunity very silly the plot twist is that you're spaghettifying yourself and not your enemy. <laughs> yeah, you're juicing them. Uh, next up is two horizon strike, which is photon. Uh, your weapon's momentum carries you from one end of the battlefield to another, striking as many targets in a single cleave swing. You gain cleave as a bonus combat feat or great cleave if you already have cleave. While attuned or fully attuned, you can make use of the cleave feat, hit a foe, and you can take a guarded step without spending an action before making an additional attack granted by cleave or great cleave. Each weapon's attack... Each attack's target must be adjacent to the previous one that you hit. You can only take a guarded step in this way once per round, though you can spend one resolve point without spending an action to increase the maximum number of times you can take a guarded step between attacks to a number equal to your constitution modifier until the end of your turn. So just just walking down the line of enemies, just slapping each one. I love feet boost the revelations. Like, there's a <laughs> couple in here that are like, here's a feat. Now we'll make it better. Like, this is a cool design space. Yeah, yeah, it... it it's something that almost seems like a telekinetic charge or the grown-up yeah. version of that, but a little little more grounded in the rest of the setting. Uh, I mean, magic is magic. So, uh, 12 level ones. Uh, revelations. First one up is Singularity Servant, uh, which is Graviton. As a standard action, while you're attuned or fully attuned, you conjure a tiny hovering black hole that attacks any foes you designate. Uh, it appears next to a foe you choose within 60 feet and makes an attack with a reach of 5 feet. The black hole's attack bonus equals your Solarian uh, level plus uh, your Charisma modifier and attacks KAC. Uh, successful attack deals bludgeoning 2d8 plus your Charisma modifier, and this advances up to 68 at 20th level. And it deals additional damage equal to half your Solarian level if you are fully attuned. The black hole threatens adjacent foes, and though it can't make attacks of opportunity, you can spend a reaction to halt a adjacent creature's movement as though the black hole had a standstill feat. When you spend a move action to move, you can also direct the black hole to fly up to 30 feet with perfect maneuverability, though it can't go more than 60 feet from you. Once per round is part of your action to make an attack, you can command it to make an attack against your target immediately after your attack. So you can kind of gang up on it. It disappears after one minute uh, once they're, once you are no longer in graviton mode or once the black hole has made an attack for every four Solarian levels. Uh, and you get it back after you spend resolve for resting. It's uh, a cool version of a uh, summon weapon, spiritual weapon. Oh, it's very cool. I want my own pet black hole. <laughs> Solar Summoner. Uh, that's a photon revolution, re revelation. As a standard action, while you are attuned or fully attuned, you conjure a tiny hovering star that attacks your targets. So pretty similar to the previous one, except it uses EAC as its target. Its damage is maxes out at 66 at 20th level with uh, additional damage equal to half your Solarian level if you're fully attuned. Uh, it threatens 
uh, you can spend a move action to make it move 30 feet, just like before. Um, once per round, as part of your action to make an attack, you can command the star to make an attack against your target immediately after your attack. So pretty much the same as before, but without the standstill feat. You know, I'm mildly disappointed by Solar Summoner, and the, the reason is very pedantic, so I'm, I'm sorry that this is, does not matter, but stars are made out of plasma, so, like, why does this just deal fire damage? It should be electricity and fire. Uh... Plasma! <laughs> 14th level revelations. Uh, armament of gravity. Graviton revelation. Your weapons have been exposed to gravity, so you can fuse them with gravitational forces with minimal exertion. When you well, get... Aren't all weapons exposed to gravity? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> you can gain an attunement point in gravity mode. You can activate one graviton revelation that grants one of your weapons, uh, wielded weapons, a special weapon property, such as attractive force or crushing force, without spending an action. The revelation must be of 8th level or lower. Armament of light, uh, same thing, but for uh, your photon revelations, and uh, you know, you change it to like luminescent inquisition or subduing beams. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, and go ahead, hit our capstones here. I mean, so first of all, those armament ones are great because like the Solarian has a ton of one action abilities to enhance things that only last for one round until you enter the mode. Like those two are really good. Like, I think those might be the winners so far, except for this, like, page and a half ultimate graviton, ultimate photon options. Um, <laughs> so this 16th level ability clarifies that these are not new revelations. These are new options for different stellar ultimate graviton or ultimate photon options for new revelations found in this book, essentially. So if you take the barrier cultivation ability, rather than dazzle, you cause the target to treat other creatures having concealment. So it goes from being a penalty that does not matter to being 20% mischance. Reflex negates. <laughs> okay, well, listen, it can't be perfect. Um, <laughs> Caustic Void causes uh, the corrosive weapon fusion to also gain the corrode 3d6 critical hit effect when you put it on a weapon using this ability. If it already has the critical hit effect, when you score a critical hit, you choose which one to apply. And any acid resistance granted by it is uh, is increased by your charisma, which is pretty good. Iron weight uh, announcement: When you demoralize a creature using iron weight announcement, the revelation grants your weapon the confused critical hit effect. That's pretty cool. One round of just being like, oh no, uh, rugged field. If you take that one from this book, uh, while the uh, while you in the selected conditions, you can move through five feet of difficult terrain each round as if it were normal terrain. This allows you to take a five-foot step into difficult terrain. Uh, Singularity Servant, my little black hole buddy, whenever you use the black hole Zenith Revelation, you can center its effect on your singularity instead of yourself. That's cool. My little black hole buddy goes, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> uh, then Striking Spaghettification, reduce the AC penalty when lunging by one. That's pretty good. Uh, titanic Momentum, you calculate the distance of any jump attempted using the thruster weapon property as if you had a running start. <laughs> cool. Nice. Then for our ultimate photon, Agile Ingress, the fire damage increases to 5d6, increasing to 66 at 20th level. More damage is always good. Explosive Meditation, the duration for that ability, which was the, I believe that was the one with the charisma damage. It was like uh, 1 it, plus 1d6 if you spent yeah. a uh, point. It's 1d4 rounds longer now. And then Metastar Conduit, you can expend one attunement point to gain a plus two enhancement bonus to the dispel check you make while using the revelation. That's interesting. There is not a lot of things that let you spend attunement points besides Zenith. So, like, that's cool. Um, and then Overwhelming Brilliance increases the fire resistance that the Revelation ignores by the amount of, um, and the amount of damage reduction it grants uh, by five, which means you're, it's better defense. Cool. 
Shining Posture, fire damage dealt by the Revelation ignores an amount of fire resistance equal to your charisma modifier. I like that. Fire resistance is probably the most common one in this game, so reducing that is good. Yeah. Solar Summoner, when you use the Supernova Zenith Revelation, you can center its effects on your summoned sun. And then if you take two Horizon Strikes, strike, you ignore difficult terrain when making defensive steps using that Revelation. That's yeah. pretty good. Especially if you're taking a number equal to your charisma and you're going, dance, 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 cleave, 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 all around the world. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's the you've read all of it. Yeah, that's, uh, you went really thorough on that. Maybe, maybe too thorough. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that if people stop caring that they left and that's okay. You guys are allowed. Yeah, three people left. It's fine. It's yeah. Good. So, uh, final thoughts on this. Um, I go. You go first. Oh, I like it. I like anything that makes my envoy stronger, and I like the taking off the gloves and just allowing you just to throw stuff at the wall. Like we're right. we're 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 in the dying days of this game. I say that more facetiously. I'm gonna still play it, uh, yeah. but you know, for releases for the first edition, and this is just a celebration of a lot of the things that make these classes fun, and it's an expansion on those. Yeah, I think that a lot of these abilities are niche, but I think that where. Because, like, I mean, at this point, they've had a couple dozen books to get new revelations. Bringing new people options. back from the dead. Yeah. So, like, I, I think that, like, some of these abilities are niche. These, I don't think there's a lot here that, like, you're going to build your character around, right? Like, but if you're talking about the Envoy, you don't need to. The Envoy is like, hey, you're a support. Here's one of the four most important abilities for uh, on, an Envoy should have at least one of them. Here it is for free. Yeah. And now, here's, here's vexing style as well. Yeah. And so, the, and so for that free one you saved, you can pick up one of these weird things. It's fine. Like, I, I don't think that every ability needs to be something that's like the most important piece to the millennium puzzle, right? <laughs> like it can, it could just be a fun, neat ability because you know, you're in this type of campaign and this ability will be useful. And maybe you'll be in a campaign where it's not useful to use some of these abilities and that's okay too. Like yeah, should have picked better. It, yeah. And not every ability needs to be amazing. Uh, I think the Solarian, um, the Solarian revelations to me have always felt kind of super niche, and I like a lot of the ones here. Uh, I'm a big fan of the the new archetype of when you activate this, you get a feat, and when you're fully attuned, the feat is better. Uh, that's fun. I like that. That's a really good design. I wish we got that a couple years earlier. Uh, I think that overall, if you are a new player, I I think that this is. I don't want to say mandatory, but I think that your Envoy experience will be significantly better if you play the Enhanced Envoy with these four new abilities uh, compared to a standard Envoy, because just because they make the action economy feel smoother from what I've read, you know? Yeah. And then I think for the 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 Enhanced Solarian, the three abilities are kind of like fun quality of lights that support alternate play styles, right? Yeah. They, 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 they make it so you're not penalized quite so hard for doing the obvious weapon Solarian photon or the graviton armored Solarian. Like they give you some benefits for spreading around. I think that's good. I think that's healthy. So where I don't think that taking the enhanced optional features for the Solarian is 100% needed, you'll be fine without them. I definitely think you should take it for the Envoy, but uh, I also think the Solarian stuff is cool, so you should take it. You should play with it. Yeah, it's good. I mean, the, the Solarian has had the benefit of uh, almost having a class redesign uh, in the last couple of books as they expanded it from the original, because it was originally just armor or weapon Solarian. Yes. Uh, whereas the Envoy has just had options at it, but it hasn't had any thorough uh, reimagining of how parts of it work. 
and now it has yeah so th i think it's at least from what i've seen in all the other previews uh this is going to be a very welcome addition to uh your table here for any starfinder uh i still plan on playing i definitely agree with what james said based on our snippet this feels like a celebration of what makes starfinder first edition fun and if you're a starfinder first edition fan uh, I would recommend picking up this book for our sections alone. I've watched a couple of the other group, the other people who picked up other chapters on their sections. Uh, the the Technomancer stuff is pretty crazy from the from the group uh, who did that one. So, uh, actually, let's be real though, Schwarber. <laughs> like the Technomancer one is like the the Solarian where it's like, yeah, cool, this is helpful. But the Witch Warper, yeah, literally anything, anything. <laughs> uh but i think that's where we're going to end for tonight um as a little bit of news if you haven't heard tonight is october 4th 2023 and that means that the second field test is live the mystic has come out i have had a chance to read it james has not so we are not going to talk about it here tonight um my general thoughts is that i feel like uh we were heard in our conversation with thirsty and this field test is much better than the first one and i'm very excited by it I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, I James and I haven't decided whether we're going to do another, like, us sit down and go over it bit by bit like we did for the soldier. Or, like, maybe we'll message uh, the the crew over at Paizo and see if we can get a guest. Uh, James and I will talk about it. But our next show will almost definitely be about the the Mystic Field Test, I'd say. Would, would you agree, James? Yeah, I need some time to dig into it. Uh, I found out that the Field Test went live, like, when I was picking up my daughter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> does, doesn't leave a lot of time. Oh no! You just sorry, honey. Sit in this car seat. Daddy's got to scroll. Oh God, <laughs> please no. Uh, what? She's she's officially old enough to say no to you now, right? You said you had a conversation with her the other day. I know it was wild. <laughs> oh no, you're a person now. I know. No. you remember things and causing either totally unrelated to everything, but <laughs> good to see. Yeah. And uh, it's always good to see you for a no direction, and uh, that concludes our episode. So until next time. Go beyond with no direction. <laughs>